0: like the Lord just is going to minister to hearts tonight, but in, in, a, in a different way. Like, Lord's just been stirring in me just this, we, we cannot live for the Lord and live for ourselves. And sometimes we, we try to protect our heart and the lord says guard your heart it's the wellspring of life but we we try to protect it in the sense of for our own need and for our own purpose and the purpose of protecting our heart is it's it, it's actually it's like the eyes of our heart it allows the holy spirit to to move in and, and have access into, like he dwells within us. But there's an access point that that we can't allow the enemy to <laughs> to sway us. And it's just, as I was praying with John over there, just a lot of times we say, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus. And it, it's not a physical, it's not like looking up at a cross and I just gotta look at the cross, look at the cross. It's, it's the eyes of our heart that are set upon Him and he's, he's revealed His Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It empowers us to walk a life that, that goes beyond us and is all about Him. And when we worship Him and we glorify Him, it's, it's our heart set upon Him. And that's the guarding of our heart as we actually surrender our heart We give it to Him. I was praying with someone the other day, and they're like, I don't know if I can trust the Lord. I've been hurt too many times. (laughs) And I think some of us, they actually, we we try to guard our heart, but what we're doing is we're actually hardening our heart towards the very thing that the Lord wants to, to do as He moves in and through us. So Lord, as we just lay our hands on our heart, I actually want to just pray that it's that Ephesians 3. Actually Ephesians 1. I pray this. It's just the it says I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he would give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. It says Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. So what we have is we have the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that spirit of wisdom, that spirit of revelation. It says the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into all truth, knows the deep thoughts of the Father, reveals them to us. for this very purpose not so that we can boast not so that we can just have a greater understanding but so that we can actually know the Father intimately through Christ through the Holy Spirit in the old, in the Hebrew the word is yada and it's a I know this is the New Testament, but it's the same know. It's to intimately know. And it comes by the Spirit who gives wisdom and revelation so that we would, in that position, it says, it goes on to say, so that you may know him better. You can know him, The better word is more. And then he says, and I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, <laughs> may be opened, that the, that the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit comes in, it opens our heart, eyes on Jesus. It, it, it enlightens us in order that we would then know the, the hope to which He's called us. So as the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon us, we begin to intimately know him more. And in that intimate knowing, yada, that depth of intimacy that we have with him, now our eyes begin to get enlightened, that now we begin to capture the hope to which he has called us. It's the riches of his glorious inheritance. Lord, I pray that you would reveal your very calling in our life. And your calling for us is, is actually to love. As we receive your love, as we have the Spirit which gives us wisdom and revelation, we gain that understanding and that knowledge. But it's not a head knowledge, it's a heart knowledge. That's what opens our heart. It's love. It's His love. When we know that love, we can begin to operate in the fullness of the very calling and the purpose that we have, revealing the hope that He has set before us. Lord, I I thank You that You're teaching us to actually die (laughs) to our selfish ways. We can't, worship You and live for ourselves. They don't go hand in hand. We can't have Your Spirit moving on the inside of us, our heart enlightened and the love of the Father in our hearts and live for ourselves. Lord, I thank You that we live for You and for You alone. Your love It's not an emotional love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a laid down life for you. When we operate in that love, there's nothing that can hinder us. There's no offense that can that can come in and and shut us down. There's no pain that somebody else can, can create in our, in our life. Because our life is not our own. Our life is in you. It's in Christ. So, Lord, I thank you that you're opening our heart, that you're teaching us your ways. Thank you that you're bringing Healing into those areas, but not, not healing. So that we feel good about ourselves, but healing that we can walk in Your ways. That's what it's what uh, Moses says. He's like, Lord, I wanna, I wanna know Your ways. I wanna walk in Your ways and do what pleases You. And God says, Okay, I'll send you My presence. I'll send My Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit went with them in the wilderness, but the Holy Spirit now is in us because of what Christ did for us. New covenant, so much greater than the old. Lord, establish your ways in our heart now. Give us a depth of understanding of what you've done so we can operate in what we're called to do. Lord, I thank you for your precious Son. Thank you for your love that you've given us through your Son, that this is love that you would send your Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. First John 4. Thank you, Lord, for that love. As you teach us your ways, it's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And then we walk into sonship, just, see, like, just seeing like the progression here. Is the, in Romans 8, it just talks about, it says, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So now as our eyes of our heart are enlightened, we see the hope and we begin to be led by the Spirit, we walk in a place of sonship. And then as we walk in that sonship, knowing His love on the inside of us, we begin to walk in step with the Spirit that's at Galatians 5, which then gives us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit begins to be released in our lives. What is that fruit? It's God's nature and character put on the inside of us, being revealed in our lives as our hearts are open and tender towards Him. Now we begin to walk in the divine nature and character and the power of the Holy Spirit, releasing His love, because it's on the inside of us, releasing His joy, His peace into the world. Patience becomes part of who we are. Kindness is <laughs> it's the only way we can live. There is no anger, bitterness, or unforgiveness. It doesn't exist in the Holy Spirit in Christ. It's not part of His nature, not part of His character. <laughs> His goodness When Moses says, show me your glory, God says, I'll I'll show you my goodness. When we walk in the Spirit, there's goodness that's revealed. It's his glory that comes down. It says, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. It'll go behind you wherever you go. It's that fruit of the Spirit, which is the goodness of God. It's his character and it is nature. And then faithfulness. I think there's only two times in scriptures in where, it, where it talks about us being faithful. It talks about us having faith, but there's many places where it talks about his faithfulness. When we walk in the Spirit, The fruit is actually his faithfulness being revealed in our life it's not our faithfulness it's how faithful he is so I thank you for that faithfulness and then the self-control always that's it's the last one but it's such a good one and it's the mindset of Christ it's the mind of Christ it's a place of humility. That self-control is actually the humility that Christ walked in. He humbled himself to the point of death. That's the self-control that we're called to have. Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves to the point of death. It says, even death on a cross. Have that mindset carry that mindset of Christ. That's Philippians 2.5. I pray that you would <laughs> teach us your ways. Show us your glory. Help us to walk in your presence. Walking by the Spirit, living in your ways that we would know you as we lay down our lives and walk a surrender life in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing your love and revealing your love to the world around us. So Lord, we just bless you tonight. We give you praise. May our lives give you glory. Every day of our life, morning, day, night, may everything we say and do be the very thing that you would have for us to do the fullness of our life being revealed through you by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. That was a fun little swirl. (laughs) Andrew, you want to? How are you guys doing? You guys all brave the, the pre-storm, scare. says God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? Good job. We got yeah, power love, a sound mind, and four-wheel drive. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, glad you guys were, are here and... Uh, I believe the Lord's just gonna minister. I felt like he just said, I'm ministering to hearts tonight. So however he does that, just say yes. Yes. To him.
1: Excellent. Um, if you have your Bibles, at some point we'll probably read from Second Peter and we'll spend some time there so you can start thumbing or scrolling there. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. We wanted to um, kind of build off of Sunday a little bit tonight and then also add some to it. Uh, Pastor Mike sends out a, a weekly Wednesday night email. If you don't get those, you can sign up on our website or by emailing family at the rock.org. And in today's, he talked about um, talked about how we uh we try to do the right things. And I'm going to butcher this paraphrase because it was a, a few different paragraphs, but I'm gonna summarize it in just a sentence or two. And uh and how we we love God and we want to do the right thing or the or what he tells us to do or what we know we should do. Uh, and sometimes we just, we bomb it, and, and we miss it, or it's hard, or it doesn't seem as easy as some of our different guest speakers, or even some of our pastors, like, they just make it look easy. <laughs> and, uh, and then sometimes we try, and we're like, oh, I, I love Jesus, I want to do what's right, but it, it just doesn't seem right. And so on Sunday, I talked a little bit about backing into those things, getting so focused on the destination of it, of that, like, okay, well, I'm going to be more patient with my kids, or I'm going to be kinder to the wait staff, or I'm going to, like, be more loving to that person on the street, and we get so fixed on the destination that we lose sight of, of the journey that God wants to take us on to get us there, that it's spent in the time with him, and being close to him, and being near to him, and just as Pastor Mike was saying, like, fixing our eyes on Jesus, and not just that we would, like, stare at the at the cross up there, but that it would be, like, this thing that comes out of a life lived close to him. Um, let's see, before we get to Second Peter, I know I told you to turn there. Let's go to John 15. John chapter 15. Jesus is addressing a group of his disciples, and in verse 1 he says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Verse 4, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Jumping down to verse 7. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. In this verse 4 and verse 5, Jesus really doubles down and makes it really clear who is who and who is what. And uh, he describes himself as the source uh, that starts in the soil, it's got the roots, it comes up, it's the main stalk or the main trunk, and then we shoot off from there. And I think sometimes uh, we get excited or we see what the Bible says or we hear a great teaching and we're like, okay, I'm going to go be love, I'm going to live and share one, I'm going to be kind to people, I'm going to live generously, like all all these really good, admirable things. And we see them, and our highest goal becomes doing those things instead of being a branch connected to the true vine. And our highest goal becomes, okay, well, I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to prove to God and to those around me how much I love him. Or I'm going to prove how good of a Christian I can be. Or I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And somehow it becomes more about us and what we're trying to do and less about the true vine less about abiding with Jesus and letting him abide in our heart. And so, um, I don't know, to some this may feel like an oversimplification, like you've got all of these issues and problems in the world, and I mean, that doesn't even hit on what you might be facing personally, but my encouragement tonight would be, what if you spent the next month just abiding in him and saw how the rest of those things, like, unwound or fix themselves or how the Lord began to move in power and took care of them or how there was this fruit that came up instead of trying to run out and and make all the fruit happen you said okay I'm going to just abide in Jesus and he's going to do the work of of creating some fruit good so that's John 15 now second Peter do you want to take this one do you want me to? okay all right second Peter Let's flip back to there. Second 2 Peter's, Second Peter's after 1 Peter, obviously, but it's also after James. And if you hit Revelation, you've gone too far. Yeah, it's real short. It's a letter from Simon Peter that we read about in the Gospels. He's the one who, as he's walking with Jesus, uh, he gets a lot of the right answers, but he also gets a lot of the wrong answers. Jesus asks the disciples, he says, "Well, who does everyone say I am?" And they're like, "Well, some people say this, and some people say that, and other people have said this." And then he, he turns the question a little more personal, and Jesus asks them, "Who do you say I am?" The question that really matters And, uh, and Peter jumps up and he's like, "Oh, well, you're the Son of God, like you know yada, yada." and and Jesus, says, that's really good, Peter like. You didn't hear that from anyone else. Like, the Lord told you that. And Peter's like, Yeah. And he's feeling like really good about himself because he got one right. And then just a short while later, Jesus is, this is towards the end of his public ministry. And he's like, Okay, like the Son of Man, which is what he called himself, the Son of Man has to go to the cross and has to die. And he'll be turned into the hands of his enemies and stuff. And Peter jumps up and he's like, No, like, don't talk like that, Jesus. Because Peter was thinking about it in his natural mind of like, Well, the Messiah is going to come and he's going to liberate his people. And he was thinking in a natural geopolitical sense, not in a supernatural, spiritual kingdom of God, like way above our earthly rulers. And, um, and so he totally missed it. And the Lord corrects him and rebukes him. And it's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> it says, get behind me, Satan. So that's like, that's harsh. Um, and one of the things that we were dialoguing this evening as we were preparing for this um, was that uh, Peter is a great example of what our lives can sometimes look like. He walked with Jesus, like God himself, in the flesh and saw this public ministry for years, watched Jesus raise people from the dead, saw him perform these miracles, went with him on the missionary journeys, like he, he did the stuff, he saw it firsthand, he was there for it, and even took part in a lot of it. Jesus sends out the 72, and then he sends out the 12, and both times they come back with like, hey, it really worked, and all these things happened, and Jesus is like, yeah, that's a good job. And so he, he did it, he tried it, um, and yet he still had all these shortcomings. Like that, that moment where it's get behind me, Satan, that's happening at the end of this three-year period. That's not at the beginning. And so Peter was still blowing it, when he was with Jesus, but what changes is after Jesus dies and ascends back into heaven, he tells all the disciples, he says, hey, it's better that I go away. Because Peter was trying to follow him. He's like, no, 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 I'll come with you. And Jesus is like, you can't go where I'm going. And Peter was like, no, like, I will come with you. And Jesus was like, no, seriously, like, I'm going to heaven. You got to stay here. And uh, and so when Jesus leaves, he says, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send the spirit. I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the... um, The counselor and he's gonna guide you into all truth and and we have some of these different references for what Holy Spirit does for us but then we see um, Peter's ministry after that and there's a lot less references to him putting his foot in his mouth there's a lot less times where he blew it and someone had to call him Satan and rebuke him there's a lot less references to this and instead what we have is is these letters in first Peter and second Peter and we see and we're gonna read in chapter 1 verse 2 that the Holy Spirit has become really critical in peter's ministry and that even when he had jesus himself walking next to him his ministry got a huge upgrade when he started to do ministry with the holy spirit Um, not that jesus wasn't good enough but jesus outside of you uh is very different than the holy spirit inside of you that jesus near you um is is very different than 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 the spirit of god inside of you and so that's one of the things that we want to we want to focus on in this evening, in the time that we've got left, is, is really understanding that it's not enough to just be around church people, or just to be in church, or just to read my Bible sometimes. Like, we really need the Spirit of God on us and in us to help equip us to live this spiritual life. So let's read Second uh, Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2. It says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And that's a lot of what we're doing tonight. Tonight we are trying to grow in our knowledge of God. And so, Father, we ask for more of your grace and peace as we do this. Verse 3 says, By his divine power, talking about God's power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory, and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us a great and precious promises. He's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. What's interesting about that language is these, like, great and precious promises. That's the same language in 2 Corinthians 7, where Paul is writing about the promise that that God will be with us and and never leave us. And so we know that to be the Holy Spirit inside of us because Jesus came and then he was like, I have to go away. And even when his disciples were like, no, 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 don't leave, he was like, no, it's even better. So now we know that it wasn't just Jesus that came and then left. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and still lives inside of us. So we see this reference to that same promise. And what Peter is writing is that this is the key that God has given us to give us everything we need for life. For a godly life for living a godly life and that we've received all this already like when you have holy spirit when you've received that you have everything you need it's just a focus of choosing each day like okay i'm going to surrender myself i'm going to die to self and i'm going to choose to lean into and to live by the power of the holy spirit Um, i think it's paul that says like it's no longer i who lives but it's christ who lives in me and, and even though sometimes we can read that and we can nod along to it, there's also a lot of times where we're like, I, I don't know what that means. Like, I still wake up in the morning and I'm the one who has to tie my shoes. It's not like I just stick my feet off the edge of the bed and I'm like, all right, Jesus, go for it. And then, like, he takes care of the rest of my day from there. It's still very much like us doing it, but it's so different when you begin to change your mindset from, okay, I need this and I want this and it's all about me and God I want – and God, be sure to do this, because then my life, will, my life will be easier, and I hope that this can happen so that I look better in front of these people. When that's your, your mindset, you're not, it's no longer I who lives and Christ lives in me. That's not applying. But when you wake up and you're like, okay, and you're thinking about others, or you're thinking about God's kingdom, or you're thinking about these others, and so it starts by like Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's what we want to get to, is we want to be transformed. We don't want to be the same, same person we were last year, struggling with the same issues, moving around the same mountains. We want to move to that next season with, with the Lord. We want to move from glory to glory. And so we're going to do so by, by being transformed as we renew our mind. And we renew our mind when we, when we move away from that self-centered, self-seeking, self-focused, thoughts, and we move into what the Word of God talks about, like, and, and don't think yourself better than others, but instead take on the position of Christ, which was a humble servant, and, and the way Jesus models, like, foot washing, and all these different things where it's very much like others first. When we begin to do that, then our mind is renewed, and our whole, everything is transformed because now we're beginning to line up with the Word of God, where it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ lives in me. So, that's a few verses out of second Peter and several other random things that I didn't have references for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So who's next? Yeah. Tracy, you want to come share a little bit? All right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love Andrews. Everyone give Andrew a round of applause. He can you do <laughs> that? That's what I love. He's preaching on it's not about me, but I'm redirecting it towards him. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I just love his like his style and this approach. We were talking the other day, and just love it. So, um, ironically, I didn't know that that Mike was going to go to uh, Ephesians one, and as I didn't know what I was even going to talk about or even share tonight, <laughs> coming out of the back room. I think Mike goes, "Well, what is what's on your heart?" And I've shared a few things, but. God took me um, to—it's ironic, too, that he finished in chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 18, and I was going to speak to 19 through 21 about the power. So where Mike left off, and this is what I love about that, is that um, the riches and the glorious inheritance in his holy people— that's where 18 ends, and 19 picks up and says— That power he's talking about is actually Deutimus. That that's, that's, that's Holy Spirit dynamite. If you ever look at Deutymus, you know, if, uh, maybe I'll go back real quick. And, uh, last summer, who was here last summer when I did a teaching on Holy Spirit, the giver, and the gift? The giver and the gift. Holy Spirit, God, the giver, right? The noun, and then there's Holy Spirit, the gift. That's when Jesus was resurrected for 50 days. What did he do? He came through and he, he revealed himself to many throughout a 40 or 50-day period. And then he says this, he says, but go and wait and tarry in Jerusalem. Wait for my gift from the Father to come upon you. And that Holy Spirit, that gift is Holy Spirit. It's the gift of Holy Spirit, not the giver. Because think about it, all of the disciples already had God in them. They already had capital H, capital S, God the giver in them. But they hadn't received Yet the gift of Holy Spirit, which is Deuteronomy in the Greek. And what happens on the day of Pentecost or in the upper room? Came like a mighty rushing wind. They are all endued with power or robed in power or the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what did they do? I love uh, um, Andrew just went there. He talked about how in us for us, Holy Spirit, God in us for us, on us for others. So what happened? Holy Spirit came upon them, and then what did they do? They went out into the streets, and revival broke out. 3,000 were saved. They're baptizing people in the city, the city water fountain. I mean, people were getting healed, people getting set free. Daily, they were being added to to, to his name. Amen? So I can tell you this. um, Not that it's all about being baptized in the Spirit. But I can tell you this from my own experience. I know before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't have control over my own stuff, my own junk. <laughs> and I know afterwards I had power over my own stuff, over my own junk. And, um, and that's that in doing of power. Just to take it one step further, this point about Holy Spirit in us, in us for us, on us for others you know, when John and James and Peter said that they believed, when they heard that they had believed down in Judea and Samaria, so they believed, they knew they had God in them, right? Holy Spirit, the giver. And what did they do? They went down there and they asked them. There's a couple different verses there, and I'll, I'll paraphrase both of them. But they went down and they said, hey, have you guys received the Holy Spirit yet? And they go, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Well, then what were you baptized with? And they said, well, we were baptized with water by John, a baptism baptism of repentance. So they believed, and they had the giver in them, and they said, well, henceforth, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And what happened? They laid hands on them in Judea and Samaria. So what happened? On them came upon John, James, and Peter, right? For others laid hands. They get endued with power. What happens? They get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now all of a sudden you have an entirely new community <laughs> that has power and walks in power and authority. So um, I had a dream and I thought maybe I'd share a dream here real quick. Um, is that okay? Yeah. Um, this, was during the, actually during the, um, this was actually during the, uh, the conference when uh, Leif was here and uh, Dan Moeller and uh i felt like and i shared it with uh, with mike briefly and um i felt like god was 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 handing out keys of authority after this and i thought it was maybe for the conference but i believe it's just this season that what god is doing throughout the earth is he's handing he's handing keys out and not just keys of authority but keys to 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 situations circumstances that are kairos moments, if that makes sense. They, they're, they're intended for now. Does that make sense? It's like a now word or a now key. And they're keys. I think Mike shared it in the in the, uh, in the the prayer room before, uh, before service. He had a word that was released back in, I think it was December, that the keys, he felt like the keys were keys that we had not seen before. Like So it's not general keys, but almost specific keys, almost like a kairos key for a specific time, for a specific situation. Uh, in time. And so in this dream, I'll share the dream real quick. I'm going to paraphrase it. I won't read through it, but I want to share what the Lord put on my heart, because I woke up and he was speaking pretty clearly. In this dream, I was walking down a, a grocery store aisle. I was in the cereal aisle, and there was a lady frantically digging in the cereal, and she was like reaching behind it. She was pushing cereal aside. She was trying to look back in it, and like half her head is like inside the, <laughs> inside the cereal boxes, and I walk up and I say, hey, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I lost my keys. And, and I said, well, let me help you find them. And so, and there's a word in that, and I'm not gonna go into that right now, but I said, let me try help you find them. So I go up and I start looking behind all the cereal. And I, I remember being like behind the oatmeal, behind the, and I found her keys behind the Lucky Charms of all things. You can't, you can't even make this stuff up. I remember looking at it and thinking, and even in the dream, I thought back, uh, what was the phrase, magically delicious? I remember the commercial from when I was, like, little, like, watching, like, Tom and Jerry cartoons. And I used to watch the, the, the Lucky Charm commercial. I remember in the dream laughing because I thought to myself, they're magically delicious. Anyway, I found the keys. I pull them out and I give them to her, and the scene changed. And then I was in a hotel, and I was going up on an elevator, and I got off on the elevator. I went to my room, or what seemingly was my room. And I walked into the room, and the maid or the the, the maid or the housekeeper was on all fours on the floor, looking underneath the bed. And I walked in and I said, Hey, um, um, I see you're not done yet, but hey, what are you what are you doing? And she goes, Well, I've lost my keys. I'm looking for my keys. And so she was under the bed looking for them. And and I don't remember finding the keys with her, but what I did was I walked over to the bedstand. I remember pulling out the drawer and I pulled out the Bible that was in the the, the bedstand drawer. And I started reading from the Bible. And so there's there's also a message in that. And I'm not going to go down there because we only have so much time. But but I started reading it. And she gets saved and she comes to the Lord in that. So there were all these different situations. I don't remember all of them. But there were different situations where people had lost their keys. It felt like it went on forever. And at 2.22 a.m., right on the dot, I woke up. And immediately the Lord took me to Isaiah 22.22. I'll read from the NIV. I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority, authority represents keys, by the way, um, over to him. He will be a father of those who live in, in Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He will become a seat of honor for the house of the Father. All the glory of his family will hang on him, its offspring's, offspring and offshoots. All its lesser vessels, from the bowls to all the jars. Here's what the Lord spoke. He spoke a lot of things. Two key things that, A couple sentences here just that he spoke specifically I thought would be for for now and for you and for where we're at in this season. My children have lost their way. They forgot where they put their keys. It was quote unquote. I hear the Lord saying many of my children got caught up in the chaos of the world like a raging river. I'm about to get them caught up in the love of my kingdom. I am distributing keys to those that are ready, keys of authority that will allow them to lock their past prisons and unlock their present promotion. For those that drifted, got off course, or stumbled along the way, welcome back. For those that have never known the authority that is accessed by identity, welcome home, welcome to the table, let us partake and eat. The Lord is leading with love, because love is the foundation and wellspring of life. Love is the foundation that all of eternity rests upon. All this to say, um, I believe God's induing people with power in this season. Um, I was going to share a testimony. I don't have time. I don't think. No? We're okay. Um, so I won't share a testimony, but I do want to pray into that. Is that okay? So, Lord Jesus, we do. We just thank you. God, I thank you first and foremost for your love, a love that's uncompromising, Lord, a love that's unconditional. It's a love, God, that you pursue us with day in and day out. Not stopping, God, your pursuit of us our entire lives, Lord. Wherever we are, whatever we do, it doesn't matter where we've been. You're pursuing us with love. It's just a matter of us stopping long enough just stopping long enough to turn around, open our arms, and receive the love that you have for us. God, I thank you for dreams, revelation, and visions, God. I thank you, God, that you've given to everyone in this room. Anyone watching online, Lord, I thank you that you're delivering dreams in this season, Lord. You're delivering revelation and visions, Lord, in this season. You're speaking through your children, Lord, in this season to advance your kingdom, God, to come alongside others, God, that may have lost their way or went wayward, Lord. God, we just thank you that we would be moved to compassion, not just empathy, but compassion deep within, like Jesus said, just move to this place of compassion, God, where that we reach into others, Lord, and out to others, God, with the power of Christ, Lord, with the power, that, that, that Holy Spirit dynamite, that deutymus, Lord, upon us, Lord, for others, Lord. Sometimes that looks like people needing something that they they lost, something that they didn't get, something that they may have misplaced or put on a shelf, Lord. I thank you, God, that you'd reintroduce your children, Lord, in this hour, Lord, to your power and your love, Lord, and their authority, Lord. I thank you, God, that there's many here that are going to find their keys. If they haven't found some already, I feel like they're going to find them, God, in the very, very new future, Lord. I thank you, God. Even I, I, even, feel, well, I even feel like someone's going to, wow, that was a, kind of a crazy vision I just had. I feel like someone's going to go home uh, and actually find, like they're going to lose their keys, and they're going to find them in, I see a drawer, and it's not a drawer that like they're normally in. It's almost like they're in the silverware drawer, but you keep them your keys in the drawer down at the end of the other end of the kitchen, so to speak, somewhere else. I see them like in with like other stuff that, where your keys aren't normally at. So God, I thank you that even be a sign, Lord, of the things to come and what you're doing in this hour. So God, we just release it, we proclaim it, and we declare it, God, right now over your people, over your bride, Lord, in the mighty loving name, of Jesus, Amen.
0: Amen. So I'm just going to speak into one quick thing that just ties right into this. The, I love it. The, I love how the Holy Spirit moves because we. Do, this is not planned out. It's. I mean, we just kind of go back and pray and ask the Lord what He wants to release and. Uh, and I think this ties into hearts again. But um, what Tracy was just saying there about the key—did you catch the part where he goes in and he's there, she's looking for the key, and he opens up the the drawer and pulls out the word and begins to to speak, to, begins to preach? And and I, I think I feel like a key that the Lord is revealing to us in a greater way right now is is a key to understanding the power. That is released as we preach the gospel. Uh, I actually shared this a little bit uh, last Sunday uh, at another church. <laughs> uh, I was at uh, at Fuel Church, and um, I didn't share it quite this way. But so let me say. About the keys, the, the, a word that the Lord gave me back in uh, in December, at the end of December, when Marcus and I preached on the 27th of December, there were some things we just kind of prophesied into and spoke into. And but this part about he, he's, the Lord said this: there's a birthing right now of the things of the Lord in the earth. It's a tremble, it's a shaking. That part is pretty obvious. I don't, have, you don't have to be like prophetic to know what, that there's a shaking going on right now, a tremble <laughs> going on. Um, but this is what I heard the Lord saying: the things of the Lord are about to come forth, and the Lord is doing a new thing, and He's revealing His glory to the earth in a new ways, uh, in new ways. And then He said, "This keys are being released that have never been used before, and authority be- is being established that has never been understood before." Uh, and I and I saw it like this: I just I felt like the Lord was showing me like. It was a bunch of keys on a table. And, and when you have keys, like if you have a bunch of keys sitting on a table, um, until you understand and know that, like if I pick up this key, unless I know what it's used for, unless I know, oh, that's to unlock this door over here, or that's the key is actually worthless. And, and sometimes, like Jesus says in Matthew 16, he's, he gives us the keys to the kingdom. But if we don't have an understanding, we don't walk in an authority of how to actually use the keys, uh, and so, and it's not key. And catch that. Uh, this is something that I just felt like there's everything in the Bible <laughs> has has meaning when you just dive into the depth of it. Like it's not a key. So he's not. He didn't give us a key for authority. He gave us keys. And when we learn how, what these keys unlock, we begin to actually understand how to use the keys and operate in a place of authority. And, and there are keys all through history that I feel like have been revealed to the body of Christ. Uh, things that we didn't know, you know, a hundred years ago that now it's like, oh, we see people begin to operate in things. And we're like, oh, wow, we have authority in that. Uh, and then we step into it. And, but, and, and this one should kind of be an obvious one, but I, think, I, I feel like the body of Christ has missed it. it it's a simple message of the gospel. And, and when we preach this message, when we actually, it's the, very, it's the first thing when, in, uh, when Jesus picks up the scroll and begins to read. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The first thing is to preach the good news. And then out of it, there's a deliverance that comes. There's a power that's released. And uh, you can go back and read it. But, uh, but the, there's, let me just read these scriptures here, two scriptures. Um, this is an, in Acts 14, and it says this. It's Paul and Barnabas. They, they go to the Jewish synagogue, and they're, they're preaching. And it says they're preaching with power so they're preaching the gospel uh, and as they preach the gospel it's with power and then it goes on to say this it says they stayed there a long time and they were preaching boldly about the grace of the lord now in the midst of that there were those it talks about it that were coming against them uh, but it says they stayed there regardless of that and they preached boldly the grace of the lord and then this is the part you got to catch and it says and the lord Proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. When we begin to reveal and release the very heart of God. Which is his truth, his gospel. It's the simple truth. Sometimes we way overcomplicate it. It's Christ and Christ crucified. It's who Jesus is. That when we actually hand out that, it talks about it in Philippians, it's when we become like stars in the universe and hold out the word of life. What happens is he backs it up with power, and we begin to operate. We begin to see signs and miracles revealed, and and we're seeing it. over and over and over again, I, I shared with you just last week about uh, just the, the cool thing of, um, I don't know if you were here for that. I'm not going to uh, tell the testimony again, but, but I'll just, the, but the part, the ending part was just grabbing her hand, this lady um, who couldn't walk, <laughs> and uh, just saying, give me your hand. Watch what Jesus is going to do right now, and, and praying and seeing God miraculously heal her in, the, in, the, in a moment's time. Um, and as, But here's the thing I've realized. It's in preaching the gospel. It's in sharing his truth and then seeing his love backed up with power. Um, it, it's happening over and over and over again. Uh, Monday morning, uh, saw it again. We just were in the gym, 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, praying for someone. Uh, Gideon, you were there. I don't know if you saw us over at the side, <laughs> and this girl's just crying because she's just been miraculously healed. She's had pain in her body, um, and uh, but just sharing the love of Jesus, but sharing the gospel and the truth, and then seeing her completely, uh, completely healed. So, um, just another scripture to back that up is Romans. Uh, actually, I'll give you this one. 1 Thessalonians one five. It says this: It says for the gospel did not come to you only in words. So again, as the gospel doesn't come to you only in words, it says, but with the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So when we preach the gospel, there is actually a power that comes with that by the Holy Spirit. And I, I believe in 2021, as we, as we move into as 2021, as we move forward, we're going to see these keys uh, begin to, uh, to we're going to begin to actually operate and use these keys and see God's power revealed in greater measure as we preach the gospel, and, and it comes out of a place of it's not about us. So back to what Andrew was talking about, it's a laid down life, surrender to him, remember, <laughs> we, we got to get this. If if it's a place of selfishness or it's a place of pride, what it is is actually you're grabbing hold of the very glory that we're supposed to give to the Lord. We're created to give glory to God, and if and if there's if there's a place of pride in our life, uh, He by His grace, I believe, will keep <laughs> that power from operating in and through us so that it doesn't actually destroy us. Uh, but as we as we receive His love, as we and it's a foundation of we become like Jesus. We become like him. Now it's that overflow of his heart for others, which is revealing who Jesus is, sharing the gospel. God backs it up with power every time. He, he, I'll tell you story after story after story. Um, healing after healing. I mean, it, we, if you want to hear them all, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it tonight, because I, I want you guys, I want to, I just I feel like we need to pray into this, uh, and there's a few things we need to pray into. I feel like uh, we need to pray that we would actually have a greater understanding of the keys that He has given us. Uh, I, we need to pray that 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 this is not about us, it's about Him, and uh, and Dan Moeller said something. He said, uh, I think I shared it last week, that it's just stuck with me. He said, self-centeredness is the root of all sin. And, uh, and if we can get past that self-centeredness, anything that, that leads to, to self, uh, it, will, <laughs> it will empower us to walk in the fullness of what we're called to. If we allow self-centeredness, anything that's self-centered, to take root in us, to, to have access into our heart, it will shut down the very things that the Lord actually wants to do in our own lives, right? You get that? Um. Okay. I'm not going to pray. I'm going to let you guys pray. So why don't we do this? Why don't we just get into, to groups and, uh, and just ask the Lord, I think, to, to reveal things. Here's the thing. is he, God looks at the heart. He looks at the motive of the heart. And uh, who was it? I think it was Andrew. I can't remember which one of you said it. But we can't, we can't make, fr- I think you were saying it, because it was John 15. We can't make fruit. All we do is we abide in him, and fruit actually comes out. The, his love, his joy, his peace comes out. When we try to force it, Uh, we're going to fall flat on our face every time. If I walk out of here and go, man, I'm going to just try to love the person. I'm going to love that person. I'm going to love them, and I'm not abiding in his love, uh, good luck. (laughs) You'll do it for a little while, and then finally they're going to get to you, and you're going to go, oh, I hate that person. (laughs) But when we abide in his love, uh, the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the things that actually come out. There's no other fruit that can be released when we abide in his love. Right? So, Lord, make us more like you. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to leave. We've got about 15 more minutes here. I just feel for these 15 minutes, um, can we just press into this and pray into this? And what, what I feel like it needs to happen is just to agree with this um, don't just walk out and be like okay I got it uh, there's something about that in that prayer actually allowing this to, to sink in that we can actually begin to, to uh, just to be more like him it's it's the Romans 12 too, which which Andrew was talking about that this renewing of our mind transforms us to become more like him so that we will actually can can know his good pleasing and perfect will so you guys, it's quiet. <laughs> Ready, everybody, stand up. Love you guys. Let's just pray into this. Take a few minutes. Grab, Go with like three or four people and, and just, uh, just ask the Lord to actually now set this in your heart. God bless you guys. Love you.